Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the show. <laughs> that was your host, Mike Abadir. And oh, that was yeah, great. That was a yeah. great intro. We don't even no more intro needed. That was well, great. When your first words are, "Hey, stop it!" in the background. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that anybody got to hear that, but anyways, today is Thursday, January 25th, 2018, and we've got a great show covering the WWE Royal Rumble 2018. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and the matchup in two weekends. Gino, what did you think of uh, last weekend's ballgames? Okay, so if I would have told you before the game, you're you're someone who's been on the Jags all week, but if I would have told, or all, all year long, and we, we both thought it would be a close game, um, I think I probably liked the Jags to win this game straight up a little bit more than you even did. You were pretty spot on with your analysis, but had I told you before the game, Jacksonville has more total yards than New England. They win the time of possession 35 to 25. They have zero turnovers and New England has one. They're tied for first downs with 22. Jacksonville has a higher third down efficiency than New England does. And Blake Bortles doesn't make any mistakes. And he has a very, very solid game. If I read you all of those statistics, Bortles 23 for 36, 293 yards and a touchdown. You would think the Jags won, would you not? Absolutely. And that kind of shows you what happens when you play not to lose and you get conservative late in the ballgame. Yeah, the, the the offense started getting very predictable. They were doing a lot of four wides on first down, running the ball, and then throwing it long on second down. So it was they were trying to, you know, throw a little trickery in there where they would spread you out and run, and then, you know, the runs would be a little unsuccessful on first down. Now you're at second and eight, you throw long, you miss, now you're third and eight. And that was the problem that Jacksonville was getting into in the second half versus last week when they played Pittsburgh and they were able to continue to score with Pittsburgh back and forth when Pitt kind of came back and punched them back in the mouth. Jacksonville was able to punch them right back. This week, it wasn't quite as much of a back and forth, back and forth game. They, And, you know, I don't want to be the guy that says, because I don't think when I watch the game, I don't think that there are referees that are saying, hey, we're going to try to... Uh, change the outcome of this game to get the Patriots in the Super Bowl. In, in fact, if you're a Patriots fan, you know that there have been plenty of things the league has done against the Patriots in the last few years. So it would be hard for anyone to say that, yes, the league loves the Patriots. But on the very in that very same vein, on 100%, you would absolutely think that every NFL official, someone involved in TV, anything, would much rather have the Patriots in the Super Bowl than the Jags just from a popularity standpoint and when you look at the only thing that that i scratched my head at were the penalties jacksonville six for 98 new england one for 10 that was the lowest penalties that any teams had in the afc championship since i think seven years ago when it was new england who also had only one penalty they're a team that is not penalized a ton but in a sport when you can literally call holding on every play if you want to i mean every play you can call some sense of holding they only got called for one penalty for 10 yards. That's the thing that I have a little bit of a problem with. And it's not just that. The big penalties win against Jacksonville. Now, here's the Every thing. Either or. 
Every either or, like everyone yeah. that was could have gone either way, went against Jacksonville. Well, and the big yardage ones too, the really, really important ones that that you know could have made a difference in the game. But I'll tell you what, to me, it wasn't any of the penalties that really cost Jacksonville. It was actually a non-call, non-penalty, which out of all of the referee mishaps, Miles is Jack, the one that cost them the game. About? Yeah, because here's the thing: if I am the NFL head of officiating, I instruct the guys to not blow any play dead. On a turnover. Why do I say so, that? Because every single turnover is going to be reviewed anyways. What, so so don't blow it dead. Six. Let them carry it out the play all the way till the end. Then review it and say he was down. That's Why it. blow it down? Well, Why? Just don't, don't blow it down. That's all. Just don't blow it down. That's exactly. all. Exactly. Because once you blow it down, then it's over. And that and, and I don't even know for sure because I, I looked at it 50 times and it looked like they might have made contact when he's twisting on the ground. But like you said, they just didn't give the opportunity. Get up. He runs it down. They don't blow it. And then they review it. And then you and I and everyone else is going, OK, they reviewed it. They Maybe they made the wrong call, but at least they reviewed it. They took all the necessary steps that they had to. That yeah, was I mean, the one To me, the only question mark was whether or not it was a fumble. See, if you're going to determine it's a fumble – then I think it's a lot easier to say he wasn't yeah. touched down. Yeah. Right? You're right. You're right. I'm. It, it was an exciting game, an interesting game, but I, I was getting frustrated, and I'm not even a Jaguars fan watching it go down. And I think, I think in the same vein, we do have to appreciate what we're seeing when we're seeing it because we are seeing greatness right now from the Patriots and it gets a little frustrating when it's over and over and over and over again. You know, you see the same teams that right now we're kind of in, in a little bit of that. If when you think about it, we, we see Alabama there every year, it's been the, the Cavs and the Warriors, you know, for the last few years. And we're seeing it again with the, the Patriots. They're like constantly every year in there. It, it gets a little boring and we have to make sure that, in in the boring, we don't forget that we're seeing greatness. This is the fourth time that Brady and Belichick have erased a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. No other quarterback has done that more than once, ever. How about no other franchise has done that more than twice? But you see, if you hate, if you hate a, a ball club, I don't know if you necessarily can get yourself to appreciate it. Did you see the um, colored map showing which states in a poll are rooting for the Eagles and which states are rooting for New England. Did <laughs> yeah. you see that interactive map? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know the exact number of states, but I mean, it's maybe like, you know, 46 states are for the Eagles. Yeah. and But but you need the big bad guy. It, it, we've seen it in everything as far as the ratings are concerned, as far as general interest is concerned. I and you as, um, you know, we're more of, and we're not even necessarily quote unquote expert football, you know, analyst, but we are much more in the football no than just the average fan who's gonna tune in to watch the Super Bowl. And you gotta think that most people would have been scratching their heads and not even been able to name a player or two on the Jaguars on Jacksonville. And a Jacksonville Philly Super Bowl doesn't really sound that sexy after a couple of weeks when you really break it down and you talk about it, even though I would have much rather seen the Jags in there. The the NFL public loves the fact that the Patriots are in there. And then these next few weeks, we get to talk all about Brady and how he's back again and Belichick. We get to talk about all that. 
What happened with Garoppolo? Is Gronk going to be playing with the concussion? Danny Amendola just came out of nowhere and had an incredible back couple game. They have a lot of storylines there with New England, at least just to talk about for the next couple of weeks. So way, way more talking points. Than, you know, I mean, what are you going to talk about with Jacksonville? Is Bortles going to be the quarterback next year and their defense and Fournette? I mean, that's pretty much about it. So not a lot of talking points when you come to the Jaguars. You know, yeah. Um, I'm not an analyst, but I am in the business. And I could tell you from a business perspective, the Jags and Eagles would be bad for business. They yeah. wouldn't be able, it wouldn't command nearly the dollar amount revenue wise when it comes to the commercial spots. Um, I mean, there's already talk that they may have a little bit of a difficult time kind of finding, uh, filling all the spots at their asking price. Uh, so I think that'll be uh, interesting to follow. It'll be interesting to see how much money advertisers put into these commercials. Are they big productions like before? Or do they kind of spend a little bit less on them and just try to get their message out? We'll be interesting to see because it's been well documented and talked about all season and all of last season about the ratings hit. You know, I think last year was, you know, close to 10%. This year, it's like another 10% off of last year's low of 10%. So definitely trending downwards. We've talked about that many times on this show. So it'll be interesting to see how that carries out to a national holiday informally like the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I think the for the public, the Patriots are the team that we we like to see. It would have been obviously the best storyline would have been the Patriots versus the home Minnesota Vikings. That would have been a fun where you have the big bad Patriots versus the home team, the Vikings, who would be playing in the Super Bowl at home for the first time, trying to get their first victory. Um, we don't really have a ton to, to talk about in that game because it really was a beatdown and it was kind of a head scratcher because. The, the Vikings, Minnesota, they scored so easily on their first drive of the game. They stopped Philly, and they're driving again, and it looks like Minnesota is going to dominate the game. They throw an interception, a pick six, and the entire game script just completely flips. Remember last week, there was a stat that I cited. Teams that have won a playoff game with a walk-off yep. are 0-5 with an average margin of loss of 22 points. Yeah, because you so you get so high that week before where it feels like you won your Super Bowl that it's just hard to stay up. And there were a couple key things that didn't look like Minnesota all year. Case Keenum had a, had a bad game. But if honestly, if you're going to blame the loss on anything to on the Vikings, it has to be the defense. This is a defense that has been incredible all year. One of, you know, if you talked about the best defenses in the league, you'd probably mention the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Jaguars as, you know, right up there with the best defenses. And they were not tackling well at all. There were, I think, three or four different plays on fourth down where they had an opportunity to make a stop, get the ball back, and it, on those drives, Philadelphia got the first down and then scored a touchdown. They just There was no fierce tackling, uh, no wrapping up, lots of just poor tackling, to be honest, one-on-one -on -one situations that we just did not see the Vikings miss throughout the season. Um, yeah, it's a little disappointing to see that effort from a team who was so solid all year long. Well, it's kind of funny because everybody always says defense wins championships, right? But... This playoff, it's actually been the team that can get to 28 points offensively typically wins the game. So you're going to need to score 28 to 35 points somewhere in that range. Heck, even in the Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game, you know, each team exceeded 40. And we're talking about Jacksonville, one of the best defenses in the league. You know, we're talking about the Vikings, one of the best defenses in the league, and they give up so many points to Philly. So it's kind of interesting. It still comes down to can you score more points 
And for whatever reason, the offenses have showed up more than the defense in this playoff as a whole. I think the only low scoring game may have been that Kansas City, Tennessee one. And that's because Tennessee couldn't really, uh, you know, muster up any uh, uh, scoring in the first half and Kansas City couldn't do so in the second half. So, you know, still comes down to can you put up points for that reason? I'd say, yeah, Minnesota and, and New England would have been a good Super Bowl. I think the best one, though, would have been the Saints and the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, just to see Breeze and, and Brady and, and, you know, it's a quarterback driven league. Those are the faces of the franchises. Still can't really swallow having you know, Case Keenum in the Super Bowl, let alone uh, Nick Foles. But we'll spend more time talking about that next weekend. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have, have a really good show next weekend. Monique's we're going to call in the Parlay Queen, yeah, right? From covers. We're also going to have uh, James from Pasadena, who's the Philly fan. He was one of our callers at the beginning of the playoffs and he, he called in to talk about Philly with us. He, he asked me the other day, he said, Hey, I got to call back and give you some thoughts on Philly next week before the game. So he'll call yeah, in definitely and we'll welcome all the, the callers. Line. Yeah. We'll yeah, and we're, the phone lines for, uh, you know, for people to call in and give us their predictions and their scores. And we're going to have some fun. We're also going to work on, on getting something together next week for some of the callers to have a contest for, uh, for the Super Bowl. So exactly. And we're also going to have another guest aside from uh, Monique, uh, the parlay queen, we are going to have Tony Neville. He is the, director of the race and sports book at treasure island he'll be joining us he's going to go over all of the prop bets that they've got what the wagering is like so far that'll be next thursday so it'll be you know three days before game time as well as uh, talking a little bit about the nhc which they will be hosting at their property uh the following week so should be a really good show uh, like gino said we definitely encourage and welcome all callers talk about the super bowl make predictions that type of thing we're gonna have a contest we already have one going on it was a playoff contest and uh, we'll spend some time talking about that next weekend and what the strategy is with uh, three people tied at 76 points two people tied at 72 i believe so it's really going to come down to picking the winner let's take our first commercial break and then shift the attention to the wwe Oh, Royal you Rumble didn't know? 2018. So let's take a commercial and uh, we'll get back on it with uh, some wrestling talk. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. You know, Mike, uh, one of the things that frustrates me nowadays is when I, I have a show or a podcast, a TV show, a radio show, something I listen to or I watch, and you like the characters or you like the chemistry between the people on the show, and then one of them leaves and a new person comes in and you're scratching your head and you're going, is this show going to be the same? I'm nervous. This was one of my favorite shows. That used to be the case for me with a wrestling podcast named Cheap Heat. I like the uh, the way that the, the hosts interact with each other. This was before Peter Rosenberg made his heel turn on the internet, though. I will say that. And then they were introducing a new man who was going to jump in. He guest co-hosted a few times. And then he was actually the new full-on co-host, the Brian Campbell. I'm wondering, I'm going, what is this going to be like? And the show was incredible. I followed Brian Campbell over when he made the move from ESPN to CBS Sports. He now hosts the In This Corner podcast with Handsome Nick and the Silver King, a couple really, really fun guys who are great sports analysts, and they like wrestling too. This is the man whose name is on the marquee. He is the icon, the showstopper, the main event, the whole effing show. He is the bod that runs the pod and the mask that runs the cast. Don't tell Nick Costos. I don't want him to beat me up for stealing his intro. The Brian Campbell. Brian, thanks for joining us, buddy. What's up, Brian? Wow, that is... That's one heck of an intro. I, I, I greatly thank you for that. Pleasure to be here. Brian, well, we uh, we talk a lot of mainstream sports. We don't get to talk a whole lot of wrestling here. This is actually going to be the first time we're talking some wrestling, but it's a great week. It's Royal Rumble week. We had Raw 25th anniversary. Um, there's some Ronda Rousey rumors. There's some XFL rumors. So it's a really good time to have you on. But before we get into anything else, the, the question that everybody always asks when we talk wrestling how did your wrestling fandom begin? Who got you into it? What are some of your first memories of being a wrestling fan? Uh, it's, it's certainly the uh, Hulk Hogan and what they called the rock and wrestling connection with MTV. You know, I remember getting cable TV in 1984 at age five and seeing the crossover with Hulk Hogan on MTV, and that was the beginning, and that led right into WrestleMania One, which was not available in pay-per-view in Connecticut at that time, but every other pay-per-view after that for wrestling was for WWF. And it was just, you know, full-on sailing from there. And like anybody else, you know, I've had some dips and turns where I got away from it. I, it, I was too cool for wrestling, but luckily wrestling has always stayed relatively cool enough to pull me back in. Well, uh, WrestleMania season is the big season for the WWE. It generally starts in the new year, right when the Royal Rumble starts. It kind of rolls through April when WrestleMania is and WrestleMania is basically the Super Bowl. Um, it's been the modern era now. It was back in 1984 when we, uh, 85 the first time when Vince McMahon created WrestleMania. And it was 93 the first time when we created the Royal Rumble as the event. Whoever wins the Royal Rumble will be in one of the main matches at WrestleMania. They always say the main event and hasn't really quite been the main event in the last few years. Nonetheless, w- what makes the Royal Rumble event so cool, Brian, is the unexpected it's not your typical one-on-one match it's not a two-on-two tag team match where you kind of know the formula there are 30 entrants it starts with two every 90 seconds another one comes out we don't even know the full field we don't know who's coming when we get to see all sorts of different 
future feuds, past feuds. I think that's what makes this event so exciting. Yeah, it's the unexpected. It's the real feeling like anything can happen because if you follow WWE consistently, day-to-day, week-to-week, it's like a part-time job to be that connected, and you get used to the booking patterns. You get used to the way things are set up, who gets the push, who becomes the champion. The Royal Rumble is almost that reset each year where anything can happen. Your favorite guy could win it, could get the fast track to the main event at WrestleMania. Now, obviously, it doesn't always happen that way. But when you have that as the foundation, whether it's a legend coming back or whether it's some of the people coming back that are rumored this year, it really just uh, forces you to get that childlike spirit again, that that you could be seeing something that, that makes you pop and say, wow, all over again. Hey, Brian, I got a question for you. What is it for, for somebody that's a, that's a novice like myself, when I see the billing and I see the brand, and I, uh, I'm talking about where it says Raw or SmackDown associated with any of the participants, why is there a brand? What is the difference? What does that all mean? Well, you know, Raw, which just celebrated its 25th anniversary, is their flagship show Monday night, but they did come out with a SmackDown that has floated between Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday nights through the years. Right now they're doing something called a brand split, though, which is working successful for them, where they're making an American and National League, where they split the roster in half, and it essentially makes both Monday and Tuesday, in theory, must-see shows, where you'll see separate groups of feuds and wrestlers that have their own separate pay-per-views. And at this point, without any real true competition for WWE in this modern era, like we saw, let's say, in the 90s with WCW and the Monday Night Wars, this is WWE's way of having in-house competition. Now, they don't always book it to that exact type of theory to get you excited, but I think for the most part, setting it up the way they do, they, may, they do make more than one night a week in theory must-see TV. And when we go through the list of guys who have won the Royal Rumble throughout the years, it really is a who's who. You have Hogan, Rick Fla- Hogan twice, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton. Some of the biggest names in the history of the, of the WWE, basically all of the biggest names in the history of the WWE. For the first time this year, we're also going to have a women's Royal Rumble match with 30 females, which should be fun and kind of interesting just to, from a different standpoint, something that we've never really seen. Let's kind of jump into to this year. We've got a field of about 17 confirmed. They haven't even confirmed Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Jason Jordan, Sheamus, Cesaro, uh, and then you have the question marks. Are we going to see guys like, you know, Daniel Bryan, if Braun Strowman doesn't win the title match, or KO or Sammy, do they end up? Do we see a Jericho, um, you know, some of the cruiserweights, any old-timers coming back? We've seen DDP and, uh, you know, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan in past years. Give us your kind of overview. Uh, who are some of the top favorites who you think are uh, the most likely to win this year's Rumble? Look, WWE's really sort of playing up the idea that Daniel Bryan could come back. Now, maybe they're not playing it up on TV, but the way that the betting odds have shifted so seriously in the favor of Bryan not just being in the the match but potentially winning it leads you to believe that there's some hope that that becomes a calling card, a rumor that makes people want to tune in. Ultimately, with Brian being retired for a couple of years now with brain injuries, I don't think that this is the moment and the time. I think that's more of a tease to get you there. But it's interesting. You know, the idea of legends returning hasn't been as big of a push for them in recent years as it previously had. And I think this year, the whole idea is, okay, if it's not going to be Daniel Bryan, who's going to win? And will they have the guts to go back to Roman Reigns winning it? Because we all remember three years ago, in the same city of Philadelphia, 
We saw infamously Roman Reigns win the Rumble, get the push from The Rock running in to give him the rub, and getting booed out of the building because fans were unhappy that Daniel Bryan did not win and was eliminated early. And it's just interesting that three years later, and in that meantime, Reigns became arguably their biggest star, but he got booed along in the process. They're right back where they started. We still think it's going to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania, just like it was three years ago, and we're still talking about the idea of Daniel Bryan coming back from injury, possibly, to make a surprise appearance. You wonder if WWE has the guts to put Roman Reigns in that same spot and roll the dice to see if that same tough Philadelphia crowd will boo him. Now that three years later, we're in a much better spot where from the reformation of the Shield, we're more accepting of Roman Reigns as the guy. Because it was never a problem with Roman Reigns. We had a problem with forced booking and not giving the fans what they want. This is a very interesting spot to be in. Three years later, will they learn from, you can say, their mistakes? Yeah, I'm not sure. You mentioned Philadelphia a couple times. That's the uh, venue or the city that's going to be hosting this event. You know, in football, Green Bay is, is, is called title town. And in basketball, when you think of basketball, Indiana comes to mind. St. Louis for baseball. Is Philadelphia the kind of wrestling town, or is there a region or a city that's kind of uh, maybe got an ultra-passionate fan base? Oh, certainly. I mean, outside of Chicago, the real passionate fan bases in the United States are the Northeast for WWE, and it makes sense where it goes back to their roots of the WWF and the WWWF, where they were a Northeast-based promotion. So these days, you know, New York City is a wrestling town, but Philadelphia has such a unique identity of being a no-BS wrestling town. You know, whether it's booing Roman Reigns out of the building, like I mentioned, which was really an attack on Vince McMahon, not Reigns himself, to just, you know, the home of ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling in the 90s. That's the type of, that's the only type of city that could have birthed that type of promotion and that type of style, which changed the business. So, you know it's always going to be a wild time because they're not naturally going to buy what WWE is selling, right? And that's what makes it raw and fun that they are the voice of the hardcore fan. Now, they're the two probably most popular, or I'd say very trendy picks to win the Rumble. You just mentioned Daniel Bryan in the men's. And in the females, we keep hearing about Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, is she going to be there? Ronda Rousey, I saw recently you said that uh, Rousey had, which is probably a smokescreen to throw us off, that she's going to be out of the country this weekend. My, my issue is, does Vince surprise anyone with Daniel Bryan or Ronda Rousey, or are those stars that are so big that it's better to promote them when we're going to see them next? Like, I think more you'll get more people tuning in to watch a Daniel Bryan or maybe a mainstream fan to watch a Ronda Rousey versus by, you know, by promoting them versus just surprising them at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I think it's more of an effective tease for Brian, like I mentioned, or even a year ago when we were talking about, hey, what's Kenny Omega's contract situation in Japan? Could he be the big splash that AJ Styles was the year before? I think in this case, like I mentioned, I'm not selling, I'm not really buying that this is going to be the time for Daniel Bryan, but I am buying that this is the time for Ronda Rousey. This is a, a tease, this whole idea of her, you know, leaving the USC, coming over to WWE full-time that WWE's played a big part in pushing this tease, right? They put out these sort of promotional videos of her talking trash to women's champion Charlotte, and even Rousey Rousey herself putting out a video on Twitter in December that showed her training in the WWE Performance Center. So this is not a, a if, it's a when. And I think that it was a very smart smokescreen, like you said, and I'll agree with you there, 
to have Rousey interviewed by TMZ in the airport yesterday and say, I'm on a plane to Columbia, and her to put out a social media video of her potentially in Columbia. Maybe she's there. That's fine. But I very much believe this is the time Sunday that you will see her at the Rumble. I don't know if she'll be in the match. I don't know if she will win it. You can make an argument either way, whether it's better to wait for that reveal for WrestleMania and just have her show up on Sunday and be a factor. But either way, I firmly believe that she'll be there. And let's not forget this. This is a historic moment for WWE and women, right, having this match. And it's a, you know, it's an advancement of where they are three years into this women's revolution where they're giving you a glimpse of serious women's wrestling, not brawn panties match, right? Like, serious. And that's, WWE will tell you, that's a result of what Rousey did with the UFC and breaking down barriers and becoming their biggest star, you know, a couple years after Dana White said no women would ever fight in the octagon. They give her that credit with opening the door. So wouldn't it be sweet to have it come full circle and maybe even have her win their first ever women's match? I think this is a big moment for WWE on Sunday, and I think she'll be there. Brian, we, uh, we're going to let you go in just a minute, but I'm going to put you on the spot right now. If I was able to steal uh, a couple hundred dollars from well-dressed, handsome Nick Costos, and I gave it to you, and I said, you have to make this wager on one in the Men's Royal Rumble and one in the Women's Rumble, who would you put that cash on? WWE likes to tease big potential winners, but they also like to play it safe. And I think we already know we're getting Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on the Raw side at WrestleMania. So the winner on Sunday is more likely to present the opponent for the WWE Championship on the SmackDown side, probably against AJ Styles. And for me, that's Shinsuke Nakamura. This is the right push to give him. We saw when Nakamura and Styles did a face-off during the Money in the Bank match in June. The crowd went wild. They have history in Japan. Styles lately seems like he's getting teased into maybe a heel turn, which would work better. Offset Nakamura. That's my pick on the men's side. On the female side, look, they've been pushing Asuka hard. There's a lot of Rousey rumors. But I think you give this to a big star, and the only big star that doesn't have a belt is Sasha Banks. And the reason is this. You let Sasha win the Rumble. It gives her the shine that she's long deserved, and they've really had a problem booking her lately. But then you have Asuka win the championship on the Raw side against Alexa Bliss next month, and an Asuka-Sasha Banks feud opposite the feud we're probably going to see with Rousey and Charlotte. Those are two money matches at Mania that are must-see. Banks, and that's my pick on the women's side, and certainly on the men's side, I like Shinsuke a lot. Brian Campbell, the Brian Campbell, CBS. Give us your plugs. Let us know where can we find you online and some of your writing. Absolutely. Follow me on Twitter at BCampbellCBS. Check me out on CBS Sports covering boxing, mixed martial arts, pro wrestling, and you can download that In This Corner podcast with Brian Campbell on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to fine audio. Yeah, just listened yesterday. They had a full-on in-depth awesome Royal Rumble breakdown and a preview and I'm sure you're going to be following along in a in just about a half an hour we're going to get some XFL information so you're going to want to make sure to follow at B Campbell CBS he'll be dropping you with uh, all that good information on what's happening with the XFL too Brian thank you so much buddy uh, really appreciate it and uh, let's have a fun weekend watching some wrestling thanks Brian thanks so much for having me guys enjoy I want to see I want to see Mike's results from this enjoy okay okay <laughs> nice thanks Brian Awesome. Brian Campbell, CBS. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I've been listening to uh, Brian for a couple years talking wrestling. And uh, if you're a wrestling fan, make sure to download that. They do a great job. I believe we already have some folks waiting on the line. Mikey, are you yeah, ready for rapid fire? Let's 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 bring them in. You know, the, our next guest is somebody that uh, not being a wrestling fan. I really wish that I could just talk racing with him. I miss, will, see, I miss seeing him cover the Meadowlands. And I'm talking about none other than... 
TVG's now is the uh, key accounts uh, rep, but uh, covered Meadowlands and harness racing for a long time. Darren Zocali, you're on with Mike and Gino. How are you, Darren? Hey, guys, what's going on? Uh, yeah, doing well. I'm actually just off the plane. I'm down in uh, beautiful Hallandale Beach, Florida. I'm down here for the, the Pegasus and the Eclipse Awards uh, tonight. So I'm literally sitting at the Corona Beach Bar right now, having a Miller Lite, watching some horse racing, getting ready for a fantastic weekend. Yeah, wow, bad that sounds great. You. you were up at the uh, at Monday Night Raw on Monday for the 25th anniversary. Just a few days later, you're down in Florida. Darren Zocali, the well-traveled Darren Zocali, will bring you back when we have plenty of time to talk for like a full-on interview and we can talk some racing and give some history about your life. But today, we're talking about the important stuff and the Royal Rumble this weekend. You are as big of a wrestling fan as I and as many out there. What What is uh, one of your favorite Royal Rumble memories from the past, Darren? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting what happens on Sunday, guys. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, I know I, I'm kind of honed into what goes on with, uh, you know, our parent companies, Patty Power, Bet Bear. So we take bets on, you know, all of the big WWE events in the Royal Rumble. So it's kind of been interesting to track the odds a little bit in terms of, you know, what's transpiring overseas in Europe and the bets that are being made. I know that Oscar is still a, a slight favorite over Ronda Rousey in the women's version of the Royal Rumble. And on the man's side... Uh, right now, Nakamura is about even money or an odds-on favorite. Roman Reigns, the last time I checked, was around two and a half to one. The real interesting move was that Daniel Bryan in the last few days has taken a lot of play and has really plummeted in terms of his price all the way down to about uh, four to one. He's actually like a co-third choice uh, right now with, uh, I believe, Dolph Ziggler. So there seems to be a lot of wise guy money on Daniel Bryan winning this thing. Uh, I think one way or the other that the, the winner's coming out of SmackDown because... I don't think there's any reason to put the, uh, you know, to put the WWE universe through the hell of, of Roman Reigns. What do you think? Cause we know where he's going at WrestleMania, we all know it's going to happen. So there's really no point in him winning this Rumble. Um, I think there might be a mutiny if he does. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty chalky. I, I think Oscar probably wins it on the female side, uh, and I'm pretty convinced that Nakamura is the most likely winner. And I think we get Nakamura Styles at WrestleMania. Darren Zocali, you can follow him on Twitter at the track seven. He is a very, very sharp handicapper and uh, knows really everything that's going on in the world of thoroughbred and harness racing. Great follow. Darren, we'll bring you back in a few weeks and we'll talk more sports. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of everything because I know you, you love to talk any sports and you and I can keep going for an hour if we, uh, if nobody stopped us. Awesome, Darren. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Sounds like a little bit windy over there in Miami. I'm envious and I uh, wish I could be joining you for Miller Lite, but... We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the Pegasus and the big Sunday event. Gino, let's take our next commercial break and then come back with uh, Andrew and um, uh, if Nick Hines is going to be joining us, the Sarge. And uh, let's let's take that break now and uh, pick up where we left off. Let's do it. Okay. We'll be right back with more WWE Talk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're diving into planning your 2018 outdoor adventures. Find out about prime DIY hunting opportunities across the country. Get the how-tos of applying for tags and listen for advice from the pros who hunt full-time. Joining us is Kevin Steele, host of Peterson's Hunting Adventures, Jeremy Millette with Silencer Shop, Mrs. Bunny, and more. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Action-packed WWE show, Gino. You guys are on with Mike and Gino, and we will now be joined by Andrew Champagne of the DRF Inside Post. What is up, my man? How are you, Andrew? I'm doing well, thanks. How's it going, guys? Outstanding. Learning a thing or two, and I'm enjoying this conversation. There's no time for formalities here, Andrew. This is serious business now. You, you and I know when we're talking wrestling, this is when it's business time. This weekend, two big Royal Rumble matches. First off, any past memories of the Rumble that, uh, that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside? Well, the obvious one for me, because it took place an hour away from where I grew up, was when Ric Flair came in at number three, went 60 minutes the title. That was just... Uh, just watching that back now in, in my 20s and realizing just how fantastic that was given Flair's backstory, the thought that he would never go there. He goes to WWE, wins the main title, and then cuts the post-match promo, which for my money is one of the best post-match promos that has ever been cut by anyone. That was just spectacular to watch. Add in the fact that Bobby Heenan was going nuts on commentary, and you've got yourself a classic moment. That's the one that stands out to me. Okay, let's jump into this year. Men's and women's rumbles. Give us your selection. Who wins the men's? Who wins the the women's? Well, the men's rumble, I think, goes one of two directions. I know a number of people that have called in have mentioned Shinsuke Nakamura. I think that's probably the most likely winner. However, if Vince McMahon is in let's troll the fans mode and we're really pushing Roman Reigns this time, I would not be at all surprised if Roman Reigns' hand is raised and the Philadelphia crowd riots. If nothing else, that would make for spectacular television because we all know where Roman Reigns is going at WrestleMania. He's going to be the one to face Brock Lesnar and probably beat him. And at some point, it's just a formality that he's going to get the huge rocket push. And this one would think would be a logical way to do it, if not one that is well-received. With regard to the women's, uh, Asuka certainly seems logical, but... 
there is uh, some scuttlebutt out there about Ronda Rousey potentially making a debut, and that would be a really good way to launch her as well by winning that match. We have a, a fun Royal Rumble, uh, I guess it's called an interlude that Andrew just wrote, where he, he did a horse racing Royal Rumble with 30 participants. I just sent it out uh, on Twitter. It's a really fun read. Make sure to check it out. Andrew, we'll bring you back another time, uh, and we'll have a full-on convo with you, talk some sports, talk a little bit of everything. Thanks for talking some WWE with us, buddy. And thank you for the cheap plug. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Take it easy, guys. Awesome. Who do we got next? I think we got a couple people uh, on the line holding right now. Yeah, why don't we uh, Why don't we go to Matt? Matt. Matt, who uh, I believe is still a little sad over what happened with the Steelers a few weeks back. But Matt... Don't you worry. It's Royal Rumble weekend. We got plenty to cheer about this weekend, Matty. Uh, you know, I know you're one man who's gone back and watched all the Royal Rumbles in the past. Who do you like this year? Give us your selections in the men and the women's. All right. Well, yeah, I know a lot of the uh, guests earlier have talked about Shinsuke Nakamura, and I agree with what uh, Brian Campbell was saying earlier. I think he's definitely the safest bet. You know, I think you have him win it and face. Uh, AJ Styles at WrestleMania, and you can't go wrong there. That's 30 minutes of a great match. Um, but yeah, also Roman Reigns. It's like he's kind of the given. Uh, you know he's going to be there at the end. You know the fans are going to be mad if he wins. Uh, TP right there if he wins. I'm kind of excited about um, who some of the uh, guests uh, like uh, entrants are going to be. If we're going to see some new guys like Ricochet or maybe EC3 or Bobby Lashley's there. So yeah, I'm looking for yeah. the kind of all the competitors. Well, what's cool about this year so far, we only have, I think, 17 of the men confirmed and only 18 confirmed in the women. So there's going to be a lot of surprises either way, back and forth, and Ricochet would be fun. Philly's a great, as Brian was mentioning too earlier, Philly's a great rumble town. So any of the surprises will likely get big, big pops. Um, what about in the women, Maddie? Jumping over there, who would be your selection uh, in the women's rumble? In the women's, I think if Ronda Rousey is an entrant, I think she wins. Obviously, that's kind of the easy pick there. But uh, if she's not in it, uh, I really like Nia Jax to win it. She's kind of the, she's like the Braun Strowman of the women's division. She kind of comes in and uh, just wrecks it all up. And I think she's uh, kind of deserving of a push right now. Obviously, Asuka is very talented, and she's going to get her push uh, at some point. But I'd like to see Nia Jax win it. Yeah, you know what? Nobody's talking about Nia, but Nia would kind of fit with Alexa. They're, they're friends. They could be a Nia-Alexa feud. And then maybe we get Ronda on the other side against Charlotte. That could make a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. You know, now that my Steelers are out, I think I'm looking forward to the Rumble more than I am the Super Bowl at this point. Well, no matter what, at least at the Super Bowl, you and I can take some Jaeger bombs and we don't really have to watch the game. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see you in a few weeks there, Maddie. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. Awesome. That is a Matty Steelers fan. Sad Steelers fan, I guess we'll say, for uh, for Matt. We got anyone else on the line right now, Mike? Let's um, let's uh, keep we're, it going oh, here. What, who's your pick, Gino? Okay, so we're in between. Let me read this email that I got from Alex. I'm okay. so glad we, we, uh, we developed a good relationship with Alex Regla, our, our Lakers buddy. A few weeks back, he writes uh, for Lakers SBN and really, really informative when uh, covering the Lakers. He's very sharp. 
he wrote a, a huge little write-up for us. Uh, I'm going to go through it real quick. The Royal Rumble is always – this is from Alex. The Royal Rumble has always held a special place in my heart when it comes to wrestling. It has still remains one of the few pay-per-view events when anything can truly happen. Surprise entrance, fun matchups, partner against partner, legend versus young upstart, company icon versus company icon, polarizing winners. The Rumble is a must-see event. I broke this year's down into who I want to win and who I think will win. For my personal preference, I want uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura was an enormous signee for the WWE coming off as a sensational run in New Japan. But he has honestly sputtered a bit on the main roster, jumping from feud to feud without building much momentum. Uh, there has been anticipation among fans that want to see Nakamura and AJ Styles in the Federation go uh, and reproduce their fantastic match from Wrestle Kingdom 10. And I can't think of a better time to do so than the main event of WrestleMania. And now he says what he thinks will happen. Scrap all of that. Since there is no way in hell Vince McMahon ends his greatest creation um, with a New Japan main event, I truly feel Roman Reigns is winning the Rumble. After he dropped the IC title to The Miz, he has been freed up to jump back in the main event scene. Reigns has been polarizing, to say the least, in his time as the babyface main eventer. And he's assuming the mini-shield reunion being dropped on the card was an attempt to push him back up. Uh, his popularity before the next mega push. So he says Reigns is a clear-cut, obvious choice, but not the one that he wants. Really fun little write-up there from Alex, who also mentions 2001 as his favorite past Royal Rumble. Uh, what's cool, Mike, now with the WWE, with their network, they have every past event in history on the network. So all of us who, who are super nostalgic, like I'm the dork that in the last two weeks – Every year before the Royal Rumble, I'll go back and start in 1988 when the first Royal Rumble is, and I'll rewatch all of them in a row just to kind of give me the old memories uh, when I watch them every year. And I've done it's the like same. Your, it's like your uh, backtracks when you're handicapping, huh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'll go back and watch them. You, you, you remember some things. You kind of notice some things, and you think, oh, that'd be cool if that happened again this year. And uh, and I think I'm up to 2009 right now. I still have like seven or eight more to finish before Sunday's Rumble. But uh, really appreciate Alex, he said he loved that one when 2001 because Kane was wrecking lives, smashing guitar over the Honky Tonk Man. You had Austin, Kurt Angle, Triple H, the payoffs, the build. Really great stuff from Alex. Thanks to Alex for uh, for jumping in with us. Yeah. Now, let's, uh, let's go to our next WWE expert. And I'm going to tell him the same thing that I told Darren Zocali, which is, I would much rather be talking to him about you horse would, racing. But I, I would. a thousand percent would rather be talking about racing, especially because I'm such a big fan of our next guest. I watch him on TVG all the time. I want to give him the salute. And it's funny because I've had an opportunity to really get to know guys like Dave Weaver and Todd Shrupp, you know, consider them friends. A guy that anybody would want to be friends with, such a positive attitude, the Sarge. Oorah. Nick, good morning, my friend. How are you? Gentlemen, uh, it's a great day to be alive, that's for sure. Absolutely. Sarge, always great to hear from you, man. I miss working with you. It was always one of my favorite times when we got to sit down and talk some racing. I appreciate your passion and your enthusiasm. And now we're going to... Uh, we're going to have that focused in on the WWE today. We always had fun talking a little bit of wrestling through the years. Uh, what got you into becoming such a big wrestling fan, Sarge? What are some of your uh, your memories of of wrestling back in the day? Well, you know, I, I was a, I was an '80s guy, uh, and you know the the uh, the Saturday nights were were midnight essentially on television in Las Vegas. I mean, we, we were pretty geared down. The old days of the the, the Showboat Hotel uh, with with just a, kind of the house matches there. 
that that's where I, I I kind of really got into it because growing up in Las Vegas, we were we were we were boxing fans, and you know, horse racing's in my blood through my my father. But uh, as far as like sports and, and boxing entertainment, and when I realized after going to a uh, a Michael Dokes Mike Weaver fight, this is probably I would say around eighty three. 84 it was a championship fight. The fight was literally over like in eight seconds. It was like, boom, out. I told myself, you know, if I want to be entertained, I want to I concentrate on, on wrestling because it, it's, it's, it's entertainment at its finest. And I would always get those that I grew up with in high school and even into college. They're like, you know, all that stuff is fake. I said, yeah, well, you need to go with me. You need to go with me to one of these matches. And I was blessed to have actually watched you know, the Ultimate Warrior against uh, Andre the Giant. And, and mind wow. you, that match didn't last very long at the Thomas and Mack Center, and I, I'm trying to put a date behind it, but it was right right around 1987, 88, right in that time frame. But I, I've been I've been a fan ever since. You know, it, it's weird it's from time to time because of the script and how things were set up, but that vibe and that, that magic is, is, is starting to come back, and my 8-year-old son absolutely loves it. Hey, let me jump in with a question for both of you guys. Uh, I know with our previous guests, Gino, you guys have uh, mentioned the fact that there are some guests that are going to be surprise guests. Now, is that because the participants themselves haven't officially signed or committed? Or is this more for drama and effect for the fans, you know, to make it seem like, okay, who's going to be the surprise guest it's that. type thing? Yeah. 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 It's more of the drama. More and, that, and that's why the Rumble is so fun because you know there's going to be 30 people coming out. You don't know when. You don't know what order. We All we know is that it starts with two, and every 90 seconds we're going to get another one. So we could have instances where there's one guy in the ring only waiting for people to come out. We could have instances where there's 10, 12, 15 all in the ring at the same time, and uh, nobody's been thrown out. So I think, Sarge, that's why this rum- the Rumble is kind of yearly so much fun it's one of those, you don't know what's happening, and we can kind of sit back and let our uh, imaginations run wild. No, that's, that, that's what it's all about. And I, and I think that, that, our, that our inner self of who we are and what we do each and every day, I mean, we've got to know one another, Gino. And, and of course, Andrew Champagne and uh, Derby Danny, Danny Kovalov, uh, we've been friends for I don't know how many years, and, you know, watching the, the WrestleManias and the Royal Rumbles uh, or whatnot, but yeah, I think the surprise element is is awesome. I think the fact that there have been whispers in the wind that, that Ric Flair may come back and, and do it one last time, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, but I think the other part of the whole running is for the fact of, you know, going forward. You know, who's, who's going to be the, the next one to step up? I've been a John Cena fan. I was a bigger fan of him. Actually, when he went in his gold chain and, you know, you can't see me rapping uh, format. I mean, he all of a sudden became a good guy that I actually liked him better as a heel, to be quite frank. But I think the surprise element is what makes, you know, the Royal Rumble what it is. It's not so much the participants that you know that are coming in, but it's who's it going to be, what's it going to be, and will that particular person win? For me, one of my favorite Rumbles was the year that you had Mankind, Cassius Jack, and Dude Love all in one. <laughs> yeah, well, the three phases of Foley. There are really only 28, you know? Uh, well, let, let's jump right into it, Sarge. This year, we have a, a men's and a women's rumble. Uh, who are you putting the cash on? Who or who would cash like? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you know, the, the thing about the, the women's Royal Rumble, I, I can't honestly tell you that I, I have 
as much of a handle on it, but I've been actually pretty impressed with, with Mickey James and her return. Yeah. It's actually lasted longer than, than I thought it would. Um, I, I thought she was pretty much all but done. If you're going to come back, I, I think she has a puncher's chance, but as far as, you know, who, who it is, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Sasha Banks. I think she's, uh, I still think she has that, that wow appeal to her. I, I don't know what her odds would be. I don't know if there's even a place we could get down and wager on these things, but it would probably be one or the other. I would say Mickey James or Sasha Banks for me. And the females, and then in the males, uh, where are we going with the, uh, the men's rumble this year? Wow. I, mean, I, 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 I kind of get the vibe that, a lot of these guys are, are, are going in on Shinsuke, uh, Nakamura. For me, I don't see it. Personally, I think Finn Balor. I, I think this is his time. Yeah. I think this That's is me too. Time. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is, is that, you know, the AJ style Finn Balor, that's to me the the that you have. I mean, as far as the heavyweights, you know, the, the Stromas, look, we've seen what they are. But I, I don't think, I think with Finn Balor, you know, because of that setback and the injury he had over a year ago, I don't think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think this is his time to to, to, to take the ball by the horns at his moment. So I like Finn Mueller. I think this is this is going to be it for him. We can follow him on Twitter. Sarge, give us your plugs. Where do we find you? And uh, when are you going to be working next on TVG? You can find me at Hindsight, H-I-N-E-S-I-T-E, at Hindsight, uh, always 2020. Uh, I'll be on TVG actually tomorrow morning, big weekend with the uh, the Pegasus World Cup, and then of course I'll be I'll actually be on the quarters on Saturday. Caleb was kind enough to switch with me. Caleb Keller, good guy, Indiana native. Uh, so I'll be out for the Cal Cup at Santa Anita. So if anybody's around, you introduce yourself uh, to me. I'll buy you. I just want to mention one. It was my kind of my favorite. It was it was the last essentially of the. You know, the 20th century. In 1999, uh, the No Chance in Hell match, uh, when the corporation set it down, Vince McMahon. For me, that was ultimately, ultimately my favorite. Because you look back at some of the contestants, you had what, the big boss man, Gold Dust, and then he's still around. Saw Jesse James make an appearance, what, a movie like that, Jeff But the fact that the corporation ended up winning the Royal Rumble, it was, it was the best. Because people went in thinking... It is what it is, but Vince McMahon, at the end of the day, the guy is my hero. He is the true boss. Sarge, thank you so much. As I told you earlier, we got to bring you back on for a full-on show when we can interview you, talk some Notre Dame, lots of horse racing, and we can tell your story much better. Hey, before we let you go, though. Anytime, guys. My question is, where are you watching the Royal Rumble, you guys? Where are you going to be this weekend? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I might have a few people over at my house. Give me a call. Let me know. If you uh, if you want to come cruise by and watch, uh, you're more than welcome, Sarge. Uh, we got to find Danny Kovalev somewhere. He might be hide yeah. under a rock for all we yeah. know. Hey, and Nick, before we let you go, um, is is do you have a, a long shot or can, can Gunrunner be slayed? I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what's going to get Gunrunner beat, and it's not the post position. It, it's the ride. Uh, Florent Giroux is going to have to ride... He's going to have to ride the perfect race because going into the Breeders' Cup Classic, there were those that still felt that Eric had, you know, still had it in him despite the, the Del Mar track. But Florence Rue's got a, a target on his back. Uh, Jorge Navarro was sharp as Tekka. If they let him get separation, I don't care how fast he goes, there's your value. 
collective, he's not as brilliantly quick as sharp as tech. If Mike Smith tries to go with him, then he's on a suicide mission. So for me, I like sharp as Tekka, and I think War Story is a horse you can bank on for the exotics. I like him in the trifecta at the very least, the superfecta. There you go. That's good stuff, Nick. We definitely Thanks, appreciate Art. you coming on with us, and uh, we'll have to bring you back and talk some racing and, and, and sports in general. So thank you so much. All appreciate right, it. Up to you guys. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, Andrew Champagne, good luck in your uh, selections this weekend. You need all you can get, brother. God bless. <laughs> awesome. Outstanding. Good stuff. Uh, Nick uh, Brian Monzo, who tweeted me earlier or who was texting me earlier, he wanted uh, to come on, but he was producing a show. Um, he thinks that Dolph Ziggler is the dark horse there. So I'm going to go with Finn Balor. Who's your pick, Mike? I'm going to go with Nakamura. We've got about 10 seconds left. So we wish everybody a fantastic Royal Rumble experience. And we'll be back on with you next Thursday for some big time Super Bowl talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.